You're listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. Listen to On The Road on the Australian Big Rigs Radio Roadshow and via podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify and now also on iHeartRadio. Just search for On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. G'day and welcome back to the show. This week, Mike chats with the lovely Davinia Ether from the Ether Group and later in the show delivers an impassioned plea about, well, just keep listening and you'll find out. Music from Tom Petty and Roy Orbison along with our regular news update. So to get the show started, we introduce a new segment called That's What You Think. Without further ado, let's get on the road, on the road. G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. (laughs) It's time for That's What You Think. Some say they're too opinionated for their own good. Some say they're just a pair of grumpy old men. We just know them as Mike and Andy. Wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. Wake me when it's over. Welcome to the launch of our brand new That's What You Think segment. I'm excited. Are you excited, Mike? Mate, I'm so excited. I can hardly contain myself. Can't you see me clapping? (laughs) I can hear it. (laughs) Mike and I often have off-air discussions across a range of subjects. Now, they can be quite animated, occasionally a bit heated, but more often than not, we just usually end up laughing at, or should that be with, each other. You spend more time laughing at me than I spend laughing at you, though. Yeah, and I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciate that. (laughs) Anyway, we thought we might share some of these unscripted moments with you for your edification and amusement. Now, I might kick off this week's confab, if that's okay with you, mate, as there's a bee in my bonnet that needs to be released. Go your hardest, buddy. You might recall in the news recently the horrendous story of a young couple who were expecting their first child and they were struck by a young idiot behind the wheel of a stolen SUV. Mm-hmm, I do. They were innocently out walking their dogs when in an instant their lives were tragically ended. Now, this was very close to home for me, Mike, quite literally as it happened just a short walk from where I live. Yep. I'm not going to go into the horrific details, we all know what happened, but our small and rather tight-knit community here was absolutely devastated by this event. Now, I don't personally know the young couple, but I've spoken with a number of people who did, and to say that they're angry would be a gross understatement. I've heard comments like, just give me five minutes alone with this little and tie him to a pole in the middle of town and let his locals dish out his punishment, and other comments like that. But the most common comment was around the perceived inadequacy of our justice system, with most people saying that more likely than not, the kid would get away with little more than a slap across the wrist because of his age. From memory, I think he was 17 years old. Right. Now, just a few days later, a 22-year-old woman was killed on her motorcycle in Townsville when she was hit by a car which was chasing a kid in a stolen vehicle, and they were all kids. The young bloke who was acting out his own version of vigilante heroics has since been charged with murder. What obviously seemed like a good idea to him at the time had very far-reaching consequences with one innocent young girl dead and a number of lives and families forever changed in the worst possible way. Now, just yesterday morning, I stopped at an intersection waiting to turn right, as the lights were already amber and there was no way I was going to get safely through the intersection before they turned red. 
There was this lunatic behind me in a tradies van. He swung violently right from behind me into the left lane, then veered across my bow through the intersection in front of me against the red light, nearly rolling the van in the process, narrowly avoiding the oncoming traffic who'd started moving off with their own green light. They had to throw out the anchors and there were a lot of angry horns sounding and a flood of rather colourful expletives. Mm. My natural instinct, Mike, was to catch up with him, pull him over and give him a serve of the Andy School of Etiquette. (laughs) The fact that I'm 11 stone dripping wet and couldn't fight my way out of a paper bag didn't even enter my mind at the time. (laughs) I think I might have been confusing my ambitions with my abilities, to be honest, but that's the way it goes when the red mist sets in, eh? It does, yep. Now, anyone who says they haven't ever at least once been tempted to do the same thing, I reckon is telling porkies, Mike. I reckon they're telling porkies too, mate. Seriously. Yeah. You see it all the time in the traffic, though. Oh, you do. And I don't spend as much time on the road as a lot of you guys do. And it got me to thinking just how hard it must be for professional full-time drivers, particularly truck drivers, to rein in their anger when some kid does something stupid in front of them. Now, you know what I mean, the morons who don't give a shit about anyone other than him or herself. Mm. More and more, our world seems to be full of brainless twats who are seemingly getting away with murder on our roads, quite literally. Mm. The point I make, Mike, is that I honestly believe there's an inner vigilante in all of us just bubbling away under the surface. We all know that taking the law into our own hands is neither the right or the smart thing to do, but it's easy to understand how anyone who's had enough gets a rush of blood and loses the plot. Mm. What's your thoughts on this, big fella? I have a million thoughts on this straight off the bat. Yeah. You're talking about all this, and I instantly go to a cartoon I saw many, many, many years ago, a Disney cartoon with Pluto getting in behind the wheel of a car Mm. and how he's the nice, quiet, amiable bloke before he gets behind the wheel, right? Yep. And he gets in behind the wheel and he takes off down the road and he turns into some sort of cross between a demon and a race car driver. (laughs) Yep. And the whole cartoon revolves around Pluto. Not Pluto. Is it Pluto? I don't know. Goofy. 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 Pluto was the dog. Goofy. Goofy was a dog too. Was he? Yeah. Pluto and Goofy. It's the black black one. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe we can't talk about it. <laughs> well, what, what if we call him Guto or Pluffy? Well, Pluffy. <laughs> all right. An animated dog of some sort. Yeah, well, it's Goofy. It is Goofy with the hat and all that. Okay. I'm thinking about what you all said. Yep. We all know it's true. And it's all a function of the fact that we're all busy and we all want to get to where we're going and anyone else is just in the way, you know? Mm. But it never ceases to amaze me, mate, the amount of people who will do absolutely insane things on the road and then blame others for their insanity. Yep. And, of course, and there's no end of dash cam footage of people jumping out of their cars and carrying on like two bob watches road rage. There's a fellow with a chainsaw in Sydney last year. Did you see that? No. Mate, he got out of his ute because someone had done something, got a chainsaw out of the back of the ute and fired it up and started chasing this bloke with a chainsaw. Seriously, this is on the news. That's road rage, and it's not vigilantism. Vigilantism... You see it on the roads where someone will pull over in front of someone so that they can't continue to speed in the right-hand lane on the M7, for example. They all of a sudden turn into a policeman. Yep. But it's very frustrating. It's very dangerous what happens sometimes, and it really does make me question the sanity of some people. They don't realise how easy it is for things to go wrong, you know? Yeah, and these things always seem to happen when there's no police presence. I mean, how often have you said, you know, where's the cops when we need them? Yep. Yeah. We're more aware of it too now. There's more dash cam about. Everyone's got a dash cam these days. And we're all quite happy to share the dash cam footage with whoever. 
I mean, I've got hundreds of people doing stupid things and it got to the point where you just don't bother sharing the footage with them anymore because it's a daily occurrence, you know? Yeah. I wished I'd had my dash cam on yesterday when this clown was carrying on, but unfortunately my dash cam is sitting on the bench in the workshop and not yeah. in the window of the car, but anyway. No, well, that you get that. I read, Mike, in an article that the author believed that the introduction of autonomous vehicles will ultimately solve most of these problems that cause road rage and vigilantism. Yep. I seriously have my doubts about that. Oh, mate, I've got my doubts about that too, because while someone can take over the control of the vehicle, then there's always going to be the opportunity for someone to get upset with someone because they're inside their space. Yep. The difference between computers driving and humans driving, I suppose, is that at least we wouldn't end up with the caterpillar situations we end up with. There's the frustration of driving. And I don't think people are self-critical about as far as it goes. A lot of people think that they're the best driver in the world. I know I certainly do. There's no one better than me. I've heard that. Actually, I think it was you that told me, but go on. (laughs) See, the thing of it is, though, mate, we each drive to our level of ability and unfortunately, some of us you know, are better than others. And in all seriousness, there are people out there that are better than me, for sure. But the fact is that I probably, in fairness as well, am a lot better than some other drivers simply because by dinner, the fact that I do it all the time. And you look at what's going on and you can read the traffic. Mm. Then we've got a better vantage point in the truck. Yep. Unfortunately, though, when you change lanes and someone beside you decides that they don't want you to change and they speed up beside your trailers, they're taking their life in their hands because they're assuming that it's not some psycho behind the wheel of the truck that won't just keep moving over and put them into the wall. Yeah. And I often wonder if people really do understand how close to the edge they sail. Oh, yeah. And I guess to turn this into some sort of community service announcement without becoming preachy, because that's the last thing that you and I could do to tell others what to do, but... For all our truckie mates out there in that situation where you get that rush of blood where the red mist sets in and you think, I'm going to sort this out, Mm. what's your advice? Well, my advice is to stay inside the cab, lock the door, and if you can drive away, drive away. I mean, many companies these days have policy on this Mm. with respect to how drivers should behave. Certainly the company that I work for does. We're not supposed to engage with the other drivers in a personal way. Mm. You know, obviously, if we have a minor accident or something like that, we have to comply with all the laws. But my truck's got cameras all over it, cameras down the sides, cameras pacing forwards. It's quite clear what's going on around my vehicle all the time. And to be perfectly honest, I think that that, for me, is a good thing because it does tell the story. But I would suggest to you that if you've got someone hanging off your door wanting to break your window... Mm. If you get out and engage with them, you are taking your life in your hands because to have seen it end badly before. Yep. In Los Angeles, for example, that, that bloke was beaten to death there in the in the riots in the 90s. Oh, yeah. We've seen all this sort of stuff happen before as far as that goes. So don't take the law in your own hands. We all drive a little bit aggressively sometimes and we reduce someone's room by giving them a good look at our triaxle on the white line. I'd be lying if I said I hadn't done it because I have. Mm-hmm but it's just to indicate to them that, you know, my indicator is not asking permission. I'm telling you what I'm doing. Yeah. But don't take the law into your own hands. You've got a phone. You've got Bluetooth. Dial the number and report it to the police. Yeah. Got dash cam footage. Use that. Let the police do the law enforcing. Absolutely. When push comes to shove, just keep a cool head. (laughs) Not easy. Not easy. Not well, easy. When push comes to shove, it usually comes to other things. <laughs> it does. Let us know what you think, guys. If you've got some opinions on this subject, send Mike an email at 
You want me to tell you the email address now? Yeah, that'd work. Okay, well, I'll do that. It's Mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. And I look forward to hearing from anyone who has anything to say about this or any other aspect of the show. Yeah, sounds good. All right, mate, thanks for that. See ya. See ya. This is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Davinia Ether is the marketing manager at Ether Group. Ether Group is a specialist, Indigenous-owned and operated business that has offered solutions supporting the civil, construction and waste resource industry for the past 10 years, creating a sustaining circular economy along the eastern seaboard, assessing and allocating bulk excavated material for reuse or supply back into construction. So you run tippers and do all that, Davinia? Yeah, we do all that. We've got 30 employees and 30 pieces of trucks and machinery at this point. Your people are affectionately known as mud carters in the industry, I believe. Yes, that's <laughs> the one. <laughs> I found out about Ether Group through the article that was written in Big Rigs. Can you tell me what does Ether Group do, why do you do it, and what change would Ether Group like to see? Yeah, I think you covered a lot of what we do there. So basically, we find new homes and opportunities for bulk excavated material to be reused in the industry and on projects. On, I guess, a broader scale in terms of our workforce, it's 30% female, 25% Indigenous, and 30% over 55 as well. In that, we also have lots of different cultures and people of different ages, people from really different professional backgrounds. But in terms of what was in the Big Rigs article about diversity and the women in our workforce, we have women right through from ground roles right up to exec positions. So our exec team is actually just under 50% female. Right. So I guess in terms of what we do, we've created a culture where we're not only diverse, but we can support that diversity as well. It's not just, I guess, a target that we're ticking. It's just what we do, <laughs> if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. If you've got the right people to do the job, it doesn't matter what side of the fence they're on, does it really? Yeah, that's kind of how we look at it. And in terms of why we're doing that, I guess, you know, we have a team of around 10 drivers mm. and they're all experts at what they do. And Patricia and Bianca, who are our two female drivers in big rigs, they're no different to that. So Patricia's been driving for 25 years. Mm. She's great at her job. She's very pleasant. She's always making a smile. And Bianca drives our Kenworth 909. Mm. She's got the number plates blocker, and that's how she started to be known. So she's very easy to spot because the truck is bright red. Mm. But we always get feedback from clients that she's really easy to work with. She's always smiling, and she waves to all the other drivers as they come through. And, you know, I don't want to play into stereotypes, but our supervisors really love them because they take really good care of their truck. <laughs> they drive easy. They do all of that. So I guess why we do it, I always forget that it's not a common practice. Like it's not something that all companies are kind of on board with yet. Yeah. It just makes sense to us. Yeah. And yeah, we've involved spreading awareness and kind of showing off our staff in our recent marketing strategies because the biggest way to encourage more women to join the industry is through that representation and seeing other women who are doing it and doing it really well. Yep. 
And we kind of see it partly as our responsibility to show that all drivers are really valuable assets and all operators and all staff are really valuable assets for a company. They're all really skilled and highly qualified and whether they fit the traditional image of whatever that role is or not. Yeah, well, I can tell you from my experience of hiring people when I own my own equipment and things I've managed for other people, it's always hard to get good quality people and then to retain those good quality people, you've got to treat them like they're worth something to you. And sometimes I think some employers have uh, lost the plot on that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's important. And people who feel they're valued, you know, they'll put up with bad days if they feel as though they're valued at the end of it. Mm. And you'll often hear that people say they don't leave jobs, they leave managers. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is, you know, these people are spending 12 or so hours working for us in a day. So if it's not a nice environment for them hmm. and they don't feel valued and they don't feel supported, they're not going to keep coming. Not to be really cheesy, but we're a family business and we've stayed a family business in terms of our values and I guess the atmosphere that's here. Yeah. So we really care about everyone. We really care about everyone's families. You know, we haven't got 30 employees. We've got 30 families under our banner. So Yep. Oh, it's very important. I was very impressed with what I heard about you and that was one of the reasons why I wanted you on the show because I think it's important to give people a pat on the back that are doing the right thing. I'm a great supporter of Women in Trucking Australia and are you aware that on Women's Day very shortly they're going to be presenting some awards? Yes, yeah. I have seen the things come through about that, yeah. Well, I hope your guys are getting nominations because as far <laughs> as I'm concerned, they deserve them. I know what it's like to drive a 909 around in the traffic because I do it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you can navigate a 9-0 in the traffic and manage to keep a smile on your face, well. <laughs> I am constantly in awe of everyone who does it. <laughs> there is no way I could be in one. I tell you what, I get scared in the traffic too sometimes. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you that. I see some people and I have heart palpitations watching other people drive around trucks. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, did they really do that? Yeah. <laughs> We'll be back for the rest of this great chat right after this. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. So, you know, you guys are motoring along, doing your thing, working towards your goals, making your business as solid as it can be, and obviously everything seems as though it's going okay at the moment. How are you finding the overall, the feel of transport in the part of the industry that you work in at the moment? Is it a positive feel or is there, you know, is there somewhere to go? What's, what's coming down the track for you, you think? Is this in terms of work or the atmosphere around diversity? and? Well, in, in terms of everything. I mean, you're making your mark in the industry. Yeah. And, you know, obviously 
I think that sometimes transport can be brutal. I mean, I've never worked in your sector of the industry, so I don't know what it's like. I can tell you that the line haul industry is sort of just chugs along and we do our own thing and you look at what happens and you go, oh, gee, that happened. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not a surprise, you know, or it is. And we know that the freight management task is growing year on year and the drivers are getting older and they're getting harder to find good quality ones. Mm. Is that the same in your sector as well? We branch off into a few different sectors. So Mm. we've obviously got our transport side, but a lot of what we do is excavation as well. And a lot of what we do is holistic project management Mm. and I guess diverting those materials and finding new homes and working on a more managerial basis. So we kind of got our fingers in a lot of pies and we found that to be really beneficial for us. Because, you know, we get down and whatever we do, we do it to the best of our ability and over-deliver on everything because mm. there's nothing better than having a good reputation. That's right. And so we've found it was quite slow at the end of last year in between different really big projects that we had. So last year, we were the lead transport for the bushfire cleanup work yep. right from the Blue Mountains down into Cabago, Snowy Mountains, now all of that. Yep. So we were obviously running local contractors when it was down south, but sometimes there were 200 trucks a day and we were processing all of that and we were having our guys go down and supervise and manage all of that. And it was this massive project for everyone. It was all hands on deck. And now that we've finally kind of gotten over that hump, there was a little bit of a lull, but now things are starting to pick back up again because more projects are starting and we've made some strategic partnerships with some other big players as well. So I would say there's a, there's a lot of exciting things coming up. So you've got a positive outlook on the industry into the future? Absolutely. I really think so. I feel like there's never been more work. There's never been more money in the economy. There's never been more customers. There's never been more businesses. Mm. So you just kind of got to get out there and look for it. Or if it's not in where you are, diversify. And, you know, we've kind of done that a little bit as well and picked up some new skills that we didn't necessarily have before, like, landscaping we've kind of gone into a little bit of that as well yep all right so yeah things are good i would say things are good that's great nothing to complain about nothing to complain about someone in transport with nothing to complain about (laughs) well to be fair i'm not operations so (laughs) i can say that Perhaps if I ask one of the other guys, they might say, well, yeah. you know, the traffic situation over here really does suck. Oh, um, yeah. No, traffic out here is awful. I will say that. It's terrible. Yep. But, you know, the more damage the roads get, the more work we have in the future. So. Uh, okay. Yeah, right. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. When we were emailing, you said that you'd like to ask me a question. I do. I would love to ask you a question. Well, go. Go ahead. We'll spend a couple of minutes. Okay, perfect. Right. Well, I guess it's very easy to be quite complacent with everything and kind of let things go through and let the industry go as it will. Mm. But you seem to be really passionate about educating people and spreading awareness. And I'm just curious as to how that started and I guess what change you're trying to see in the industry by doing all of this. This all started because I suddenly realized I was mortal. Oh, wow. I had a heart attack a few years ago and uh, sitting back and I'm looking at what happens and how I was treated by the employers I was working for and how well I was treated Mm. and uh, what has happened to other people I know of in in the industry and how they've just been basically thrown aside like a dirty sock. Mm. And um, I thought, well, hang on, I've got here some people that care about me and what happens to me. 
and I wanted to perhaps give back a little bit with the experience that I've had you know, in trucking and outside of trucking to make sure that happened. And then there's been some experiences that I've had along the way, like you know, getting a bee in my bonnet and doing the water run thing and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But I could only do that because I was working for people who could see the value of what I was doing and gave me the room to do it. It's the same as this podcast. I started doing this because you know, I could see that there wasn't a forward-facing thing out there to get into the driver's ears sitting in the cab so that they could have a listen to other points of view from people like yourself. Uh, hear from someone from the NHVR, hear from someone from the ATA, hear from Senator Stirl, the senator running the road safety inquiry at the moment, and hear what the advocates are saying and all the rest of it. Because you know we spend, as you say, so much time sitting in the cab... The best way to get to those people and and have them hear what you say is via a podcast or something like that because we all listen to the radio or something while we're driving around to then get support from people like Seeing Machines and NTI and Big Rigs fueled my passion. All these people have given me the opportunity to get out there and promote the good in the industry, try and explain some of the things that happen and why they happen and probably call out some of the bad in the industry. So that's what I'm about now. You're now along for the ride, Davinia. Mm, that's a really awesome outlook. Well, thank you for everything that you're doing. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for coming on the show and, and telling us about Ether Group, and I'll be looking forward to seeing how you go down the track. Get those girls a wave when I see them down the road and your other guys. And Please do. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honour. You're entirely welcome. Thanks. Take care, and I'll see you on the road. As Davinia and Mike were just discussing, passion within our industry is strong. Changes are slowly beginning to happen, and we're proud to be a part of that with our On The Road podcast. It's that passion that drives the vast majority of people who work in our industry, that terrier spirit, that stick-with-it-and-make-things-happen attitude, and most of all, that common commitment to change that Tom Petty put so well when he said, I won't back down.
following announcement was written, spoken and authorised by Michael Williams on behalf of the Lookout WA Here I Come Party. Well, ladies and gentlemen and listeners to the show, you'll all by now be well aware that old mate Mick here is moving to the West. And what's the point of having your own show if you can't indulge yourself and put a bit of a job ad out for yourself? So full indulgence. I'm going to be looking for some work over in the West. I don't care where we go. We go anywhere in Australia. I don't mind as long as I get to have my time off in Perth with the grandchildren, which is why we're going over there. I've done double road trains, flat tops, tankers, short liners, bridge vans. I wouldn't mind having to go with some wide load stuff if someone's got the confidence to let me do that. And I'm a non-smoker and I'd rather not share a truck. My phone number's all there on the webpage, ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Please feel free to give me a ring. I'm more than happy to discuss any potential vacancies. I'll be over there about mid-May. Thank you very much. This is Adam Gibson from NTI, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you are interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. When it comes to road transport, safety is everything. Seeing Machines Guardian minimises the risk of fatigue and distraction for drivers and provides real-time monitoring centre analysis and appropriate intervention. Already trusted by more than 400 of the safest road transport businesses around the world, find out how Seeing Machines Guardian can safeguard your fleet, your valuable cargo and most importantly, your drivers. Visit www.seeingmachines.com. Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. It's news time, Mike. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, mate. How are you going? You looking forward to the weekend? Oh, only big time. (laughs) (laughs) I've got stuff to do this weekend, mate. I'm packing. Okay. As in, what, carrying a sidearm or? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, packing for the big trip to Perth, mate. Oh, God, is it getting that close? It's four weeks away, yep. The bride and I have got to get ourselves sorted out. Well, if you need any more stuff, I've got about 10 boxes here that I haven't unpacked since I moved in 12 years ago. (laughs) I've got a a couple of those out in the shed myself. (laughs) I'm looking forward to opening. They'll be probably full of antiques by the time I get to them. It's always a surprise when you open your old boxes, mate. I'll be looking for that. (laughs) Indeed. All right, let's get on with it. Mike, Senator Glenn Stirl has told his fellow senators in Canberra that he believes the kilometre payment system is shortchanging truckies. Yeah, he's 100% correct. Mm. I had a watch of the speech there. I mean, I said the same thing when I did my submission to the inquiry there the other week. Mm. The kilometre rate is just ridiculous, specifically when you understand that that's all you get. You don't get any other extras. Everything's supposed to be built into the rate. Trevor and I have waxed lyrical about this whole thing for hours on end. Mm. What I particularly enjoyed about it was that Glenn unloaded on these fellas and gave it to them with both barrels and invited the other senators to come out and see what's going on out in the real world. And I chimed in on Twitter when I saw it and I said, well, give that bloke my phone number, mate, and I'll give him a barrel as well. (laughs) That got a bit of a laugh. Glenn really did give it to them and... As I said a hundred times, Glenn's on the other side of the fence to me politically, but I'll tell you what, we do see a lot of things, particularly with stuff like this kilometre rate, we are on the same page. And 
you know, I'm moving to Western Australia, mate. I'm probably going to have to vote for him. It's scary, really. It is a bit. So do you reckon this is all going to bring about some change? Oh, look, not holding my breath, mate, but I'll tell you what, I'd like to see it, and many of us would. Yeah, well, it's a step in the right direction anyway. It is. Mate, the Department of Transport and Main Roads, a.k.a. the TMR, has confirmed that the long-awaited Gatton decoupling facility will soon be open for business. Mm. Now, before you respond to that, I thought a decoupling facility was somewhere you went to get a quickie divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it is, it is, it is, it is. But this one is a little bit different. This one is designed to allow your space so that you can reconfigure your Type 1 road train, etc., so you can proceed lawfully on your way in the roads in Queensland. Okay. Delighted to see that they've built a new facility. Delighted to see that they've improved the number of spaces and all the rest of it. Can't believe that this new place is only going to have 30 parking bays. There's going to be no time limits. That's great. It's going to reduce travel time and all that sort of stuff. But no facilities. Mm. No showers, no toilets, no recreational facilities. You can't dump any waste or anything there. There's obviously going to be no rubbish bins or anything like that. The thing that I said before, and has been said before, even by their own standards, it's going to be brand new and it's going to be not up to standard because there are no facilities there and there are no reason to not have them. Mm. It's ridiculous. Well done, Queensland. Even more, I can't understand why you can't just drive a Type 1 road train straight to the port. Yeah. Where is the challenge? Where is the danger? Yep. Our road managers are not getting it right. And that, to me, all on its own is a clear example of that. Yeah. Speaking of safe travelling in Queensland, last Monday a truck carrying excavation equipment hit not one, not two, but three bridges on the Cunningham Highway near Dinmore and Blackstone. Yeah, what can you say? Didn't feel the first one or the second one? (laughs) Or the third one. It's like a slapstick comedy, isn't it? How the hell do you not know your heights? Remember we had a chat about this... It was only a couple of months ago there was a story about how there was an education program run by the TMR to reduce bridge strikes. Remember that story? I do, yeah. Well, this guy clearly, A, doesn't deserve to have a licence, and whoever he's working for really does need to have a long, hard look at their training standards because this guy has created mayhem. He's hit three bridges. God knows how much it's going to cost to repair all this stuff. But it's created traffic nightmare for other people, particularly people that come upon these things without too much warning. Yeah. Just bloody ridiculous. And if you know, if I was working for the TMR in this instance, I'd be a little bit frustrated because they've done everything they can do. It's not as if these things aren't adequately signed because they are. Mm. And really, this bloke deserves to take a holiday from driving a commercial vehicle. I think he doesn't deserve to be one of the crew. Sounds fair to me. And I hear another withdrawal from the Brisbane Truck Show, mate. Yeah, mate. Australia's top-selling truck manufacturer, Isuzu Australia, has announced that they're withdrawing from the 2021 truck show. According to the Director and Chief Operating Officer, Andrew Hobson, the company has held off making the decision not to attend for as long as possible. Would have been nice, I suppose, if they'd made their announcement a little bit earlier, but it really doesn't matter, I suppose. At the end of 2020, they held high hopes the confidence of the year would bring an outlook that was very different. They said they've got no confidence in the snap lockdowns and the border closures we've been having. And, you know, as we've said before, the expense to get all the people there, get all the stuff there and put on the exhibition and participate in the truck show cost some of these bigger exhibitors quite a substantial amount of money. I can understand why they're pulling out. So now the show's lost four of their major draw cards. Mm. They've lost Volvo, Scania and Cummins as well. So hopefully no more pull out. Hopefully the thing goes ahead as planned. 
and hopefully we'll get up there and have a look, mate. We'll hand out a few on-the-road caps and pens and you know, things like that, and I'll buy you the pie and the beer, I promised you, because you know, you're a great mate. What do you mean, the pie and the beer? We're up to a few of each, mate. Right? Ah, there's more than one, is it? I haven't been keeping count. <laughs> oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go, mate. I suzu out. Oh, dear. Well, hopefully there won't be any more. No, that's right. All right, mate. Well, that's it for this week. Lovely. Yeah? I'm going to go back to work now. Good man. Go and strike a blow for prosperity. Try and sneak out of Danistan without getting into trouble. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> See you, mate. <laughs> See you, buddy. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Hey everyone, Kermie here. Hope you're travelling well, staying safe and on the right side of the white line, by which of course I mean the left. I also hope you're tuning in to the On The Road podcasts with Mike and Andy, because if you're not, two things will happen. One, you'll be missing out on some great interviews, a good few laughs, and what's generally going on out there in truck land. Uh, what's the other thing? Ah, that's it. You won't have heard this plug for On The Road. Hmm. Okay then, so, those of you who are already on here, go and tell your mates about On The Road. They can find it on Spotify or iTunes at On The Road Aussie Trucking Podcast. But you knew that, didn't you? Because you're already... Yeah, look, just go and sell them, okay? Cheers and take care of you. You may recall in last week's news, Mike encouraged everyone to get behind the petition calling for a Royal Commission into driver fatalities. Now time is running out guys to get your name onto that petition, so please make a point of doing it. It really is that important. In case you missed the details last week, here they are again. Old mate Steve Corcoran from the Transport Inquiry podcast has put in a submission to the parliament to have a petition recognised calling for a royal commission into deaths of heavy vehicle operators or transport sector workers on the road. That petition has been verified by the parliament and is now a thing. So if you go to the Transport Inquiry podcast on Facebook, He's got all the links there to that, and you can go to the petition and you can sign the petition. Basically, the story of it is, is that 173 Australian workers were killed at work in 2020. 51 of those were professional truck drivers serving Australia. The petition says, we therefore ask the House to launch a Royal Commission to investigate the ongoing fatalities of truck drivers who are designated essential workers as a matter of national importance and report the link between current road safety outcomes and the repeal of the Road Safety Remuneration Act 2012. I 100% support this petition. I have signed it. I encourage anyone who has an interest in the transport industry to sign it. It is time that some of these questions got answered. Taking us out this week to keep you cruising on down the road, whether you're on a local run or pulling an overnighter, here's the late great Roy Orbison with his classic hit, I Drove All Night. I had to escape, the city was ticking and cruel. Maybe I should have called you first, but I was dying. 
Well, that brings us to the end of another On The Road show. We hope you enjoyed it. On The Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. For more On The Road news and additional features, visit our website at www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Be sure to join us same time next week. In the meantime, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road are great believers in the right to free of speech, and whilst we might not always be in 100% agreement with the views and opinions of our guests and contributors, we firmly support their right to hold and express those opinions. Good taste your sweet kisses, you're on.